Eagles. It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is episode 80 of the podcast for fans, by fans, fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Join tonight for some conference championship talk. Mr. Olive Garden himself, Super Sticky Steve Knox. On the Twitter bird, at the Knox says, Soupy hit him with it. Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's about that time of year, the uh, Viking season's end. So, time to shine up the golf clubs. <laughs> Can't say I'm too surprised. A tough match going in, but yikes. Sure, we'll get into it in a little bit. We will go over the games from the divisional round, we will go over the conference championship games. But first, we got a whole lot of news to get into because coaches going here, coaches going there. And it's a lot of Eagles, a lot of Vikings. This is the podcast for fans like us, who are fans of the Eagles and Vikings. So guess what? That's what we're going to talk about. Soup. The Vikings' offensive minds just got a little bit lighter. Old Kevin Stefanski to Cleveland for a five-year deal as the head coach. I have to ask you, how much of that deal does he actually see? Do you think he gets the full five in? Uh, given Cleveland's history, no. The ownership in Cleveland, for whatever reason, has like a really short leash on whoever it is that's, you know, either the general manager or the head coach. Uh, traditionally, since they've been back in the league, you know, these last 20 some odd years, uh, they just, I don't know, they don't want to keep guys around. They don't give anybody a chance to prove themselves. It's like, Either we make the playoffs and you get a chance at another year or, you know, we'll let you stick around for a couple of years and then we'll can you if it's not going, you know, in a positive direction. So, I mean, I would be surprised if uh, if he made it five years. Just this isn't a job I think anybody really wants. It's just, here you go. Here's your first head coaching, you know, opportunity. Maybe you can get something, you know, down the line from there. But they gave an offer to Josh McDaniels for this job. And he literally said no after he interviewed with him because the owner literally has a stipulation. And this is something Stefanski agreed to is that every Friday before a game or Wednesday, if it's a Thursday game, whatever, he has to turn in his game plan to the ownership and analytics department for them to analyze and then make changes as they see fit. You have an analytics department And the owner literally interfering with his coaching. Like he watches tape, he sees, you know, areas he wants to attack. And then he has to turn that into an analytics department. And then the owner has final say whether he can run his game plan. That just sounds like a nightmare waiting to happen. No wonder McDaniel said no. Yeah, no wonder nobody sticks around more than a couple of years. So obviously they're the issue. (laughs) Because it's just the same thing every single season. You know what I mean? And, you know, what a Cleveland Browns move to hire Stefanski after that offensive performance the Vikings had uh, in the divisional round. Just True. But at the same time, there was a similar situation like this a few years ago when an offensive coordinator's team totally flaked out in the playoffs. That was Doug Peterson with the Chiefs. Turned out all right for him. So you never know. Yeah, could be, but... Man, I don't, yeah, I don't like Stefanski's chances uh, in Cleveland. Like I would say, seven and nine would be like the top tier of what they're gonna end up doing next year. Um, who knows? Maybe Stefanski doesn't like um, Baker. Maybe they move on from that. Try something different. Um, That'd be insane. But I mean, we we've, we've seen the 
similar things happen. You know, the Josh Rosen after a year, new coach comes in, wants his own That's guy. True. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's crazy. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really like his chances, though. I don't think this is a job that. I mean, I would have interviewed and they would have gave me the offer, and I've been like, eh, you know. But being a nobody, I'd well, be like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, right. Being a, me and an you would take coach, it. <laughs> yeah, being an actual coach, I think, you know, especially now, there's a lot of teams that have you know OC spots available. So, um, if he wasn't happy with you know doing what he was doing in Minnesota, then he certainly would have had you know other places he could have looked to go. But yeah. Head head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, what? Kevin, if you need any help, bud, we're here for you. <laughs> yeah, I think give us a call. Even even when Belichick was in Cleveland, you know they had one good year and they were trash the other years. So it's not a. Uh, and they're just so back assward with the way they do everything because first they wanted to hire the head coach first and then pair him with the GM. Any other successful organization, you hire the GM and you let the GM pick his coach. Yeah, John Lynch. Look, look what the 49ers did. Perfect Unreal. scenario. So now they they have Stefanski. Now they're interviewing or trying to interview all these guys to try to match with him. Shouldn't this have been something you figured out first? Like, this just seems like a doomsday. Like, this is destined to fail. They've requested permission to talk to George Patton. They've requested permission to talk to Andrew Barry. George Patton is the uh, assistant GM uh, in Minnesota right now. Right. For anybody yeah, not sorry. familiar, but <laughs> Andrew Barry is the VP. Basically, the same thing for the Eagles. Yeah. So I mean, to me, the Patton thing makes sense because obviously familiarity with yep. with Kevin Stefanski. But yeah, I mean. This was a, I can see why they want to talk to Andrew Barry too, because he's an analytics guy who came from Cleveland, so they have familiarity yeah. with him on the team side. Right. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> Getting to work on Sunday and seeing that you know Cleveland had had hired him, I was just like, that, that's just a blow my mind kind of hire. Given what you know the Vikings just did and. Honestly, to me, it seemed like they had their mind made up of, you know, the guy that they wanted. They say they offered for McDaniels, you know. I don't, again, McDaniels, I mean, it's not a good job to take. If you could do that or you can come back for another year to be the offensive coordinator with, you know, under Belichick and potentially with That's Brady That's literally again. his hometown, too, and he wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. All right. Let's move a little further down the monkey's uncle here because Eagles defensive back Corey Unlin has been hired by the Detroit Lions as their new defensive coordinator. Everybody thought he was the heir apparent to Jim Schwartz. Like the whole tone this year was when the defense was quote-unquote struggling to fire Jim Schwartz and let Unlin take over. He's been around the league. He's been a defensive backs coach. He's you know, he's a very good defensive mind. He just doesn't always have the guys to execute in Philadelphia. So the initial reports are that he won't call plays. That will still stay with Matt Patricia. But interesting that he took the D.C. job there, even though he won't be calling plays. Well, he worked under Patricia in New England, too. In New England, so, yep. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But just, you know, again... You're bringing in your buddy who you had success uh, success with uh, in New England, so I think it's just kind of that, you know, bring back those minds and try and fix, you know, Detroit's defense because it hasn't been that great since he's been there. So this is a, I mean, smart move I think by him because obviously they can start bouncing ideas off each other. Okay, what did we used to do that was successful for us, you know, back in the day? Try and. Uh, yep improve that Lions team because I mean he's probably on his his last leg here if they have another shit show of a season I would see Detroit moving on from him no doubt all right moving on then as the Eagles and the Vikings look for new offensive coordinators 
Uh, have you heard anything who the Vikings might be looking at? Uh, they wanted to talk to Pat Shermer. But I think uh, Stefanski also wanted to talk to Pat Shermer. So. Gross. Guys, come on. So many young creative minds out there. Let's stop with the retreads. Let Pat Shermer go watch his kid play bit football somewhere. I don't know. If you look at what Shermer did, you know, while he was in Minnesota, you know, the the NFC championship game, you know, where they got to the NFC championship game, I should say, with Case Keenum as your quarterback, and it was really like a lost quarterback room uh, because of the Teddy Bridgewater injury. So, you know, he can bring Sammy some... Sammy Bradford. Yeah, he can bring in some uh, some interesting wrinkles and do some, you know, good things. And I think, you know, he's he uh, pretty much proved himself that he belongs in that coordinator position and not being in charge of everything. Uh, the debacle that happened in, uh, for the Giants there. But I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard any other names floated around just yet. And Vikings is just kind of cleaning house and going to start from scratch as far as the, the coaches are concerned going into next year. Uh-huh. So it's going to get real interesting. Last 48 hours, they lost their OC, their DC, their defensive backs coach, and their wide receiver coach. Yeah. Offensive coordinator Holy goes yeah. to Cleveland to be the head coach. You fire your defensive coordinator and your defensive backs coach. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. As far as the defense is concerned, if they're that upset with what happened with the defense, then, I mean, I think Zimmer should look at himself first because, you know, he is the guy that calls the plays in on defense so I don't know maybe he just felt like these guys weren't uh, bringing anything to the table that was you know useful to him but it's weird it's really weird yeah the Eagles also looking for the a new OC like I said and I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter that the Eagles would be interested in bringing in Jim Caldwell as a either OC or a senior offensive assistant Know, one of those Gary Kubiak type titles. Yeah. I, another name that's been floating around, especially today, is bringing back John DiFilippo, which, I mean, he had success as a quarterback's coach in Philly. I wouldn't think it would, I mean, his play calling is really creative, whether his team executes it or not is one thing. I think he, he'd be decent mind to bounce things off of Doug, give him fresh ideas. Um, I know they also, people want Deuce Staley just because he's been with the team for so long. He currently has the title as assistant head coach that was given to him last year to kind of appease him for not giving him the OC job. While I wouldn't hate it because I love Deuce, he's awesome. I don't want him to coach anywhere else. I'd just be worried about them promoting from within again and not really getting any more creative minds. So, I wouldn't mind DiFilippo. I'd also wouldn't mind if DiFilippo came back as the quarterback's coach, who they also fired. That's a better spot I for mean, him. I mean, excuse me. The- uh, they wide receiver coach. They fired their wide receiver coach, not their quarterback coach. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but still, having someone like him come in and work with the wide receivers, someone who's been there before, you know, on the offensive side, he's he coaches hard. That's one thing everybody said about Carson's first year was – he, you know, he coached him really hard. He was on him to get better at all times, and it's kind of the veteran voice Carson needs. Yeah, because uh, DiFilippo, his three offensive coordinator jobs that he's had were Cleveland, where he's fired during the season, Minnesota, where he's fired during the season, and then in Jacksonville, where he made it through a full season but was still let go. So. I'm not sold on him as an offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach. Yeah, I can, I can, I can live with that. All right, we got some potentially electrifying news, rumors uh, floating out there that Monday Night Football, ESPN, has offered a contract between four, uh, ten and fourteen million per year to Tony Romo to come to Monday Night Football. See you later, Booger. You've been picked and flicked. 
It's over for you. And they, Bring me Tony. He does kind of look like he's trying to get boogers off his hands when he's talking with him in the booth. <laughs> you know. Jacked uh, up fingers. This is a crazy number, though, because CBS is only paying him $4 million a year. So, obviously, he is under contract with CBS, so they're uh, they're able to match this deal if they really want to. But, I mean, Romo would be all right on Monday Night Football. <laughs> It'd be an improvement if they can get Tess out of there, too. Him and, yeah, him and ha- anybody yeah, else package can deal. bring in. Fucking have him and Boomer do it. But get Mike Tirico back while we're at it. I know we've mentioned this before, but Tirico and Romo, that'd be freaking awesome. It's also the rumor let go of him. The rumor about uh Romo that they could pay him up to one million per game. Can you imagine paying paid a million dollars just to watch a football game and talk oh, about what you see? <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. I'd take one million for the year. So uh I'd take one million for CBS. Two years. <laughs> CBS if you need a need somebody to replace Romo. I think I could be buddy buddy with Jim Nance. Yeah, have you ever seen Talk Jim Nance's between commercials? Yeah, have you ever seen Jim Nance's backyard? It's an exact replica of I think it's the sixth hole at Pebble Beach. <laughs> Had it built in his backyard. It was like, oh, so nice. But yeah, that's. Yeah. I think I think Romo is uh, really the best best you got. He's like him and Peyton Manning, awesome. I think would be awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> we would know the plays before they did. Yeah. Before the teams ran them. They'd be in the huddle. Yeah. Yep. Peyton would be like, I think this is an Omaha. But yeah, I mean, if, uh, if ESPN moves on from Booger, I guess that means he won't be commentating the games next year. Back to you, Tess. <laughs> All right, last thing we got before we get into the divisional round recaps. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints on behalf of the Joint Practices Podcast. Shut the fuck up. Dude, you lost. You're out of the playoffs. Swallow it and move on to next year. This bitter baby, man. It's always something with him on Twitter. Whining or fighting or running his mouth. Did you see after the Vikings-Niners game where he was rubbing it in the face of the Vikings receivers? So y'all talk shit, this is what you get, or something along those lines? It was a fucking... You guys would have got smoked by the Niners, too. So get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's a... Seems to be a New Orleans thing. Oh, we would have won if we were playing. Well, you can, uh, you know, say all you want from your couch. <laughs> You're still yeah, not winning somebody, the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> somebody at replied him in that on that tweet and said <laughs> oh what was it oh it's that time of the year where the saints are out of the playoffs but keep telling us how good they are <laughs> dude it, my wife is a saints fan and she's annoyed by this guy she doesn't like the mouth shut the fuck up yeah next year you got next year come back strong come like, back better yeah you i mean you already proved all you needed to prove you you know, caught the most passes in a single season. So, um, yeah, go back next year and, you know, maybe win in the playoffs. That's uh, that's all you can do. <laughs> Just sitting here and trying to build some sort of a, a rivalry between, you know, you and the fandom of another team on Twitter. It's like, just add to the cesspool, bud. That's great. All right then. Let's let's move on and look at the playoff picture. Powerhouse, yeah, they building up the dream scene. Sleeper teams keep trucking. Watch out for the six Playoff picture clearing up. Unlike Steven's eyes. All right. We are back. I had to use the drop because Soupy, you said it last week. Yep, and you say it in every single drop. You gotta watch out for the six seed. There it is. Let's start there with the Tennessee Titans going into Baltimore and shocking the world. Titans run all over the Ravens 28 to 12. 
in a game where Baltimore's offense struggled mightily to put points on the board. Don't let the score fool you. They had the ball in Titans territory like seven times. They had a couple fourth down, non-conversions, interception. The fourth and one calls that the Ravens ran, like the plays that they ran were just so bizarre. Um, And the Titans were well scouted too with what they like to do in those situations. And they talk time and time again, oh, well, Ravens are eight and eight. Eight for eight on fourth and one this year. Well, they were 0 for three in this game, and it's pretty much the reason they lost. Yep. I mean, pretty much the reason they lost because, you know, Derrick Henry only had 30 carries for 195 yards. Ridiculous. Told you if he rushed for over 150, they'd win. Boy, did he prove me right. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I'm just telling you, they went into New England when everybody said they didn't have a chance. They beat them. They went into Baltimore. Nobody said they had a chance. They beat them. Well, by golly, in the other AFC divisional game, the Chiefs, with the most ridiculous comeback in the first half, end up dominating the Texans 51-31. In a game where the Chiefs were down, what was it, twenty-four nothing in the 20, second quarter? Yeah, twenty-four to nothing. And then, I mean, they end up coming back, and I, I'm pretty sure they were winning at halftime, right? It was, wasn't it, twenty-eight to? Yeah, Kansas City was up twenty-eight twenty-four at the half. They scored twenty-eight unanswered points in the second quarter, and overall ended up having forty-one unanswered points before the Texans scored again. And Jesus, if, uh, you know, <laughs> like watching the game over, the fake punt that Bill O'Brien called, like deep in Kansas City territory um, on like a fourth and three or fourth and four. I'm One of the dumbest play honestly calls might, yeah, might be the reason he loses his job in Houston. Bad, uh, bad week for fans of Houston sports teams <laughs> after uh, the Astros get caught cheating during their um, their World Series run. They were Oops. stealing signs and whatever, so they fired or the, their general manager and their head coach both got suspended for a year, and then the team just went out and fired both of them today. So, <laughs> And then you got to deal with the Texans' loss and find Texans' fashion. The team went up big and then just laid a big shitburger the rest of the way. A big one. Poor friggin' DeAndre Hopkins out there playing with some smoked ribs. Absolutely gutting it out in that second half. But it wasn't enough. The Chiefs end up running away 51-31. It seems like every time the Chiefs had the ball, they scored a touchdown. Unreal. It was like seven possessions in a row. (laughs) Unreal. Domination. So, the Titans will now have to go to the Chiefs, where I'm sure everybody will say they can't do it. But we'll get to that matchup in a second because, Steve, sorry, but we got to do it. Got to talk about the Vikings going to the Niners. The Niners just put the whopping on them, 27-10. to 10. What happened in your eyes? Oh, you got out-physicaled uh, early in the game, you know, San Francisco was really able to stop the run and made the Vikings realize early on that we're not going to be able to just run the ball and, you know, do what we normally do. So uh, they kind of had to take it in a different direction. But, you know, the first half was very competitive. And honestly, up until like right around 10 minutes uh, to go in the third quarter, you know, this was still a, a one possession game. 10 to 17, the Vikings having the ball. Um, Kirk Cousins gets a little mixed up with what route Adam Thielen was running and just threw it directly to Richard Sherman, which Richard Sherman, you know, loves to talk. And I know he feels like everybody hates him, but like you were, you were thrown a gift. <laughs> he literally threw it right to you. You didn't do anything special other than, you know, you kind of overran 
the receiver you were covering and the quarterback threw it right to you. So, you know, congratulations, you got the victory, but don't act like you're, you know, some savior out there <laughs> when the quarterback throws the ball directly to your chest. Like, he almost didn't catch it because he wasn't expecting it. Yep. But that just starts to unravel things uh, from there because, you know, San Francisco went out, scored a touchdown off that interception. Um, then you go three and out. Then you force the Niners to go three and out. And then Marcus Sherrill's muffs a punt, very short field. Um, you know, you get a defensive stand there to kind of hold out hope that you can still get back in this game. But, man, their next two possessions, both three and outs, and then the final two possessions, you know, turnover on down. So, I mean, the the 49ers defense just absolutely dominated. It's simple as that and um you expect you know your defense to play better than they did you know guys like Bourne catching touchdowns making big plays like yeah obviously their focus was you know elsewhere you don't want Emmanuel Sanders to kill you you don't want Kittle to kill you you know you got a fresh running back every other play so that's tough but defense needed to play better they didn't and the offense needed to fucking block. Kirk Cousins got sacked six times. Uh, not good. And it's a glaring weakness yet again going into the offseason for the Vikings. So they need to find some, you know, some toughness up front because, man, you just got you got out physical. You know, the 49ers just wanted it more. That That defense seems like they're playing with a chip on their shoulder now because uh they were really getting after the quarterback early on in the year and then it kind of just went away like the 49ers defense wasn't as you know people weren't scared of them anymore because they weren't getting after the quarterback and I think they ramped it up big against the Vikings knowing they could take advantage of kind of their deficiencies in in blocking and I mean their confidence is going to be on an all-time high now going in the NFC championship Flying high, flying high, way up to the sky, because we're flying high. Sorry. Sometimes you just get a little toony. <laughs> All right. The Vikings are now the leaders in the clubhouse. Bar three joint over across the street from Shane's of Maine. Hey, I did, uh, did mention that, you know, if the Vikings couldn't block that this could end up being a game like week 16 where they only pick up seven first downs like they did against Green Bay. You did. <laughs> How many did they have? Do you know off the top of your head? Seven. Oh, there it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the old seven, seven first game. Downs. Yep. So, yeah, not ideal. But, again, that's going to be, you know, people continue to say, oh, well, you know, we, we got to get rid of uh, Cousins because we need a better quarterback. But, like it, time and time again, if you can't understand that your offensive line not being able to block, I don't care who the hell you put back there. Like it's not going to make a difference. It really isn't. Like nope. even if you put Lamar Jackson back there, a guy that can escape and run, and you know extend the play with his legs, you know it doesn't always work out that way. Like <laughs> these guys can trap you, and uh, if they're trying to not let you run, then. It's exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah, once again, drafting uh, offensive line help. <laughs> High priority for the Vikings and not going to be that easy to do when you're picking eight from the bottom. Yeah, was it mid-20s at this point? Yep. Ugh. All right. Well, the other game in the NFC, the Seahawks went to Lambeau. The frozen tundra it was. We could see the snot running out of Joe Buck's nose all night. It was great. <laughs> the Packers pick up the win 28-23 in a game that was pretty much all Packers. Seahawks made it a little interesting towards the end. Everybody's talking about the placement of the ball in the final first down pickup by Devontae Adams. It was a first down. Get over it, guys. Game's over. Whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, you see all the posts and, you know, they tell you a million times, 
throughout the year that you know that yellow line that's on the field isn't official. It's no, just an it's estimate. Not always correct. But Devontae Adams also needs to quiet down, telling everybody to shut up with a, uh, you know, a picture that shows a line that goes from the pylon cam, like yep. down the field. Now, <laughs> the sticks that are on that side aren't official either. The chains are on the opposite side of the field, so <laughs> nice. he needs to chill out. Um, one way or the other, if you if you want to win the game, if you want an opportunity to win the game, you need to break that play up. Don't let that guy catch the ball. So, whoever wants to you know piss and moan about that, listen, like you got beat, you were still losing by five points. So, well, guess what? They couldn't stop Devontae Adams the whole game. So. Yeah. What I said you know before. What? That's on you. <laughs> yeah, and this is what I said before is and until they play a team that can, you know, match up one on one with Devontae Adams, like it's gonna be tough to beat them. Because it's the only place Aaron Rodgers looks because, you know, I don't know if he doesn't trust these other guys or if they just can't get separation or whatever, but <laughs> Jesus. You look at like Patrick Mahomes hitting eight different guys for, you know, receptions. And I think it was like six different guys for touchdowns. And, I mean, Devontae Adams, eight eight receptions, 160 yards, two touchdowns is, you know, the, the big line. Jimmy Graham had three catches. That was the closest to that eight. And then everybody else that had a reception only had one. So, shut down Devontae Adams. <laughs> That's That should have been the Seahawks' goal. I don't know how they look past that. Baffling. I know that you know the Seahawks have kind of tried to piece this defense back together to get back to what they used to be, but man, yeah, how do you let that guy just carve you up all game long? It's pretty bad. But Steven's not here to brag about the Packers going to the NFC Championship game. But we are down to one JPP team a possible 50% chance that we have a JPP team in the Super Bowl. I know, Steve, that's your division rival. You can't cheer for him, but it's kind of cool we still have one team alive. It's even crazier that all three of our teams made the playoffs, but the Packers are the lone survivor at this point. They head to the Bay. Yeah, it's um, they did a the hell of a job. Uh, this offseason, making that defense a lot better. And it's paying dividends now because when you can, you know, get five sacks of Russell Wilson, hit him ten times like throughout the game, that's exactly what they went out and got. You know, you know, Preston and Zadarius Smith, um, you drafted Rashawn Gary, guys that could rush a quarterback. And, I mean, they're doing a hell of a job, so. It's where uh, it's where the the difference in this team is this year, from you know what well, the previous two years where the Packers didn't make the playoffs. I tell you what, between the coach and the GM, I think the Packers are looking at a couple of coach of the year, GM of the year type awards over there. I called it earlier. It's Mike Vrabel. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they did that. I don't care that they entered the playoffs at nine and seven again. <laughs> you just got to get in, and now they're making noise. Exactly. And Derrick Henry is literally unstoppable. So let's talk about those games then, because the Titans are going to the Chiefs. The Chiefs who cannot stop scoring. Holy moly! I think they just scored another touchdown. <laughs> the Chiefs hit the over under by themselves. By the way. <laughs> 51. Good Lord. All right. Do the Chiefs have enough to stop Derrick Henry? And is Derrick Henry enough to keep up with the Chiefs? No. <laughs> you need to, I mean, the Titans' defense is going to have to slow, find a way to slow down that Chiefs' offense. They're just They're so fast. And, it, you know, it's where they had success against the Ravens because... Um, you know, and I brought up before that during that 12-game winning streak that Baltimore had, 
you know, they didn't face that adversity where they were down a couple scores and, you know, needed to rally and move the ball quickly and do things like that. And I said, you know, one of these times somebody's going to punch them in the mouth and then we don't know what to expect. And that's what happened. But this Chiefs team just showed you real quick, uh, we can go down 24 and fucking turn it on hard. Um, and they up the over-under for this game to 52 because they know the Chiefs can score 51 by themselves. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's exactly it. You know, you, you have to be able to use Derrick Henry the way they have because your best option for winning this game is keeping that Chiefs offense off the field. So, you know, get off, you know, get the, the Chiefs offense off the field quickly when you're on defense. Don't allow them to convert on third down and then, you know, find uh, sustained success running the ball. It's going to be, you know, this is, it's kind of like what the Giants did to the Patriots, you know, in those two Super Bowls was they knew, hey, if we can, if we can control the clock, keep their offense off the field, we got a good chance to win. Um, you know, the Titans defense, they ain't no slouch, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, they can find ways to um, give the Chiefs troubles. And, you know, it's it's Andy Reid in the AFC Championship game, so he's been known to shit his pants in these sorts of situations. He has done that a uh, time or two that I know of recently. But the every the Chiefs, year. Chiefs as a, as a, uh, a team, they are 0-2 in AFC championships uh, in their existence in the NFL. So, I don't know. I'm trying to get off the schneid here. Can they do it? Uh, they look like they could be, you know... <laughs> Uh, you, you look back over the years um, at quarterbacks that are in the, the AFC championship game, and it's always you always saw Flacco, you always saw Manning, you always saw Brady. And it feels like, you know, Mahomes could be the name that's added to that list, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, just given how there's kind of a change in the guard here. But boy, oh boy, it's going to be a real interesting game because it's. It's really, you know, a tale of two teams. They they play so so differently. The Chiefs are just high flying, off the top rope, scoring one play, you know, type of offense, and the Titans are just old school smash mouth football. So we'll see because the the way that these playoffs have gone so far, it's been can you run the ball and can you stop the run? If you can do those two things, you win. Yep. Let's see if Ryan Tannehill can stay Cinderella, basically. Can he make the few throws a game that he needs to in the obvious passing situations? Because if he plays like he did last week, there I mean, there's no reason they can't beat the Chiefs. They beat him earlier in the year. So yeah, they, that was this year, right? Yeah, they beat him scoring a touchdown late and then blocking a Butker field goal at the the final second to avoid going to overtime. Incredible. But yeah, they uh, again that was an uh, Andy Reid debacle because the Chiefs basically could have you know sealed the deal, um, just need to pick up one first down, and you know they couldn't couldn't get it done. But yeah, that's going to be real interesting. And you brought up Tannehill. You know he was. 50% passing this week for 88 yards, but two touchdowns. So, yes, the the Titans are in a much better situation where he only has to make a couple throws, you know, a couple of clutch throws uh, a game, as opposed to, you know, the guy that drops back. Hell, Lamar Jackson dropped back 59 times in that game. Um, you don't want Tannehill to be in that position because – just given his track record, you know, he's he hasn't been that that fantastic uh at being the guy that, you know, supposed to carry the team. So he's far far more suited to be the quarterback of this team where hey, here's my game plan for the week. I'm gonna turn around and hand the ball off. 
All right. We'll get to the picking of that game in just a few minutes. But first, we got to talk about the NFC Championship. The Green Bay Packers going to the Bay. San Francisco treat. The 49ers are hosting the Packers. Jimmy G versus State Farm Bonanza Pants. Yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Dude, I'll be damned if this is a State Farm Super Bowl. I heard somebody say that today. Jesus. <laughs> NFL's rigged if it's the State Farm Bowl. Well, how funny is it that they're like a main sponsor of the NFL and their two guys that are in their commercials could potentially meet in the Super Bowl? That would be Classic. something, wouldn't it? Classic Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's see, let's see. Because the 49ers got a tough task going to have Richard Sherman on Devontae Adams and that is the matchup I'm looking to in this game because you know the Niners are going to get pressure but for some reason Aaron Rodgers throwing off his back foot is almost more dangerous than him setting his feet so can Sherman lock down Devontae Adams or is Devontae Adams going to do to the Niners what he just did to the Seahawks so it all breaks down to for me we know Jimmy G's going to have a pick in this game. Can the Packers capitalize on it? I know that the Niners are at home. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers are the better team. I don't know. I just The Niners are pretty beat up. They had, what, two, three backups on their offensive line against the, the Vikings? Was it them? I mean, it didn't Maybe make not. that much of a difference if you talk about no, how, I mean, how good the defensive line for the Vikings has been and their ability to use, you know, keeping Kittle in, uh, you know, they run three tight end sets. They, you know, their running backs can all block. So, I mean, it's tough to tough to get home, that's for sure, against the Niners, uh, you know, their offense as it is. So, um, I mean, you can go ahead and look back to – what week was it? I don't even remember. But San Francisco beat Green Bay early this year, thirty-seven to eight. wasn't even you know really a game at all. Hell, Rodgers only threw for one hundred and four yards in that game. Um, and you just talked about shutting down uh, Devonte Adams. He had seven catches for forty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, their you know their only touchdown that Green Bay scored in that game. So I think the Forty ers have proved that you know they can. They can handle him, whether or not he was their main focus, um, you know, this year or, you know, earlier this year remains to be seen. I don't know, but you got to think that that coaching staff you know, looks at what Devontae Adams has done this year and goes, well, he's a guy we got to shut down. We can't let Aaron Jones get going. And if last week was any indication of them being able to stop the run, Yes, they absolutely can <laughs> because, uh, yeah. you know, Dalvin Cook, I mean that, nine carries for 18 yards. Like A defensive line for the Niners is boss. Like I said it going so into good. the game last yep. week. They are very good at both levels. And, I mean, it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Jamal Williams, but don't be surprised if Matt LaFleur backs, backs away from the run real quick. Things don't start... You know, real early if things aren't going well, and put the ball in Rogers' hand. Yeah, it doesn't mean there's not going to be the swing pass, the wheel, whatever to get the ball to the running backs. But if the running game's not working, the Packers got to know early enough to just abandon it. I mean, I don't want to hear that you've got to stick to it. If it's not working in the NFC Championship game, get the ball into your MVP's hands, get it into Rogers' hands, and let him do it. Yep, and uh, I mean, I think that it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Packers ended up winning this game. Um, but, you know, they're going to need somebody else to step up in the passing game because, you know, Rodgers has, you know, look, he played a quarter of the season because Devontae Adams had that toe injury, played a quarter of a season without him. And, I mean, it was kind of rough going there a little bit. 
when they're looking to who who's going to step up, who am I passing to now sort of a situation. So if you get into a game where you know, they're going to bracket Adams and double team him and whatever, then you know somebody's got to got to answer the the phone when the Packers come calling because they're going to need you know somebody to make plays. Um and if, really if the Packers want to win this game, I think they're going to have to win it uh in like a shootout fashion where they're just you know putting up crazy points. Who makes the last mistake? How's that? Could could very well be. The last turnover or the last failed drive, the one that has to punt last, <laughs> that's who's going to lose. The guy who has the ball last is probably going to win this. I guess that would have been easier to say, right? Yeah, maybe. Words are hard. You kind of, like, I don't know. What you said before kind of made sense. Don't make right. the big mistake, basically. So the Packers at the Niners, the Titans at the Chiefs for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Super sticky. Are you ready? I was born ready. Let's get to the pick'em. Playoff pick'em, baby. Playoff pick'em one. Divisional round roundup here. Let's see. Uh, Vikings at Niners. Niners were a seven-point favorite. Over-under was 44 and a half. And the Niners do, in fact, cover and hit the under. And Niners and under, that was me. Sorry, suit. Reverse jinx didn't work for me. I'll do better next year. Promise. You should have known it wasn't going to work because it didn't work for your team either. I mean, it worked for four straight weeks. I was talking about the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Should know better. The playoffs, <laughs> you always got to go with your heart. Else. Probably thinking something else. You're right. I was there. But it wasn't. It was in my pants on. Anyways, for the news in the mashed potato land, uh, you said Vikings under. No points. Doesn't matter. And Titans at Ravens. Ravens were a 10-point home favorite. 46 and a half over under. Correct answer. Titans under. You hit the Titans, but I hit the under. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we move on from the Vikings Niners, I predicted a 25 to 17 game. We got 27 to 10. That was fairly close. Not too bad. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. All right. So Titans at Ravens. Let's see. What did that one end at? 28 12. I said 26 10. That was pretty close. Yeah, but it was the opposite direction. <laughs> it was the opposite direction. But the Texans at the Chiefs. Chiefs, 10-point home favorites, 51 over-under. As Steve said, they hit that themselves, 51-31. to 31. I'll take the Chiefs over. You had the Chiefs and the under. But the best part is, I said 41-31. <laughs> they scored 10 more. <laughs> I don't, Jeez. like, I mean... I don't know what was going on in your brain where you thought the Texans could score 31 points. Like, if it's not for, like, three gifts that the Chiefs gave them in the first quarter, like, they would have scored, like, 10. Hey, I don't know how the genius works. It just flows. All right, then. <laughs> Seahawks at Packers. Packers four-point favorite, 46-and-a-half. Over-under. Packers over was correct because that's what I chose. Steve, you hit the over, and that's what you get for taking the Seahawks. By the way, I didn't get to say, fuck Clowney, have fun golfing, you loser. He's going to be uh, having off-season surgery for a core injury, too. Yeah, and he's a free agent. Uh, and he said I hope he will the Eagles sign him sign so with... you have to eat it. No. <laughs> he won't sign with us cause, because we have the worst fans in the league. Fuck him. Get out of here. <laughs> I hope he goes to Dallas, Washington, or the Giants so I can hate him. Twice a year. <sighs> yeah, he, well, he's at home now because he sucks. And the Packers are going to the AFC Championship. Final score, 27 
I mean, 28 to 23. Pick 27 to 20. I'm fairly close on each one of these games. I kind of like that. I'm going to try this picking the score strategy next year. See how that works. How about we do it this week? Because it is time for the AFC Championship game. We have the Tennessee Titans, as everyone predicted, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are a 7.5 home favorite, 52 over under. Steve, will the Chiefs score 50 points again? Uh, probably not 50, but I could see them getting up into the 30s. You know, I could see like a 35 to 21 style game. I just like the way that how fast the, you know, the Chiefs in their speed, the way that they're able to to score quickly. I think, you know, just, I guess, using my brain, I say Chiefs just because, again, explosive offense. Um, but my heart is right there with the Titans. Um, I'd love to see them go. <laughs> This is the the exact type of football team I like to watch. And so, you know, you, you just root for the underdog, I guess. But I'm, I'm going to pick Chiefs and over if I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about in this game. Um, yeah, like I, I say like 35-21. I want to give a shout-out to friend of the pod, Mr. Breton, because his Titans are rolling. And let me tell you, I will not be upset if they win this game and head to the Super Bowl. They would be fun to root for. But I just think the luck might run out this week because the Chiefs are destined to go to the Super Bowl this year. This is Andy's year, and I'm not going to be mad if Andy Reid gets a title either. That man deserves a ring. So either way, I wouldn't be upset, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs in the over. I'm going to say 38-28. Yeah, time's ticking too for Andy Reid. If he wants to get, you know, a championship and go to the White House for all that fast food that Donald Trump serves up, you know, he's gonna. This might be his last opportunity. Who knows what's gonna happen in the presidential election? But man, I know he's rooting for that uh, In-N-Out Burger, McDonald's, the Big Macs. He likes mac and cheese. He's a big mac and cheese guy. Uh, it doesn't I mean, surprise me. He's a big guy in general. <laughs> I always think back to the picture of him as a kid in the punt pass. The punt and, pass. Yeah. <laughs> punt pass and run. He's like three times the size of all the other kids. It's punt pass and kick, dummy. Yeah, whatever. You said punt pass and run. <laughs> well, punt and kick is the same thing. My dog needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can't hear it. No, she fucking hears me talking and she thinks it's somebody else. She keeps uh, barking. All right, that portion of the program is barked to you by Bark. Anyways, find it on let's trees. See. <laughs> find it at a local tree near you. All right, NFC Championship game, the Green Bay Packers going up against the San Francisco 49ers guy. Somehow they're Canadian. <laughs> I mean, Oregon is gonna and be a Washington kind of separate them, so they're not really that close. <laughs> I mean, they're almost the border of Canada, right? Anyways. They border Mexico. <laughs> the Niners are a seven and a half point favorite. 45 is the over-under. I do not want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I can't. Stand to listen to any more Garoppolo love stories. So I'm going to go with Steven's heart here. I'm going to pick the Packers. Go Pack. Go to win this game outright. And over the score shall be because 25 is not going to be hard to hit when you win 28-27 on a Mason Crosby walk-off field goal. Bam! Mike draw. Well, I'm going to uh, play devil's advocate here, pick the 49ers, because if you remember when Aaron Rodgers was drafted and he fell to like the bottom of the first round, 
everybody was like, oh, we expected him to get drafted a lot higher. And they, um, you know, there was speculation that the 49ers would draft him because, you know, he's a cowboy. And that's a cow, cowboy, not a cowboy. (laughs) Um, From California, beautiful. One state under Canada over Mexico. Um, (laughs) And they... He said in his interview after the Packers drafted him, you know, were you upset that you weren't drafted by San Francisco? And he said, they'll be upset they didn't draft me. So I'm picking the 49ers to stick Aaron Rodgers' foot in his mouth. I'm also picking them because I want to listen to all the Patriots fans around here go, we should have traded Brady and kept Garoppolo years ago, guy. I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, you sure you fucking did? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tom Brady just won you a Super Bowl again last year, so you know don't don't check your kit or check your chickens before they hatch or whatever the saying is. I don't think that applies here, really. But yeah, I just want to. I mean, there's a lot of storylines, and I also don't like the Packers because I root for the Vikings. So yeah, I'm gonna say 49ers. I'm gonna take the over, but I'm gonna go. Uh, 45, so 28 to 26. How about that? Well, fucking copy my penis off and call it a sugar stick. Wait, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to say 28-16, my bad. Nope, no, 28-18. No, I wanted to go one point above, and I went 11. <laughs> 28 to 18. May the force be with you, Luke. Because rough, rough in the puff, puff. We could be looking at a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl game. The JPP fans will go crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, you nothing. know, I mean, nope, they won't. We're, we're looking at a potential, you know, State Farm Super Bowl. Mahomes and Otto and Aaron Rodgers. Um, or, you know, you could argue if the Titans and the Niners end up winning. This could be an all-state uh, Super Bowl, you know. Could have avoided disaster with going with all-state. So. Or avoid mayhem like me. Whatever the saying is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Excellent. Excellent. I'm just saying, if Green Bay or the Chiefs make the playoffs, that guy that's their agent has to be on the sideline during the game. Did you see him in the commercial talking to Pam Oliver? Pam Oliver, yeah. That's <laughs> such a good commercial. Oh, they're doing, uh, I mean, doing yeah. a pretty good job with that. The only one I haven't really liked so far is the don't mess with my discount one. Which sounds so disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Either way, I'll be watching these games uh, from sunny Florida. Taking the family down to the old Disney. So, that's so where jealous. I'll be watching this game. Me. I'll, hi for me. I'll let them all know. Hey, hey, you know Sean? Yeah, he says hi. They'll know who I'm talking be about. You're there soon. like every year, twice. You know it. That's how we roll. Know what I'm saying? Get your free cups of water. Don't yep. pay for that shit. All right, we made it. Next week, maybe Steven will be on. We'll see how he's feeling. Maybe it'll be just me, or maybe Steve will call him from Florida. Who knows? We're full of surprises. Tune in for episode 81 to find out. But for episode 80, that's going to do it. If you like this episode, hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. Say what's up. Give us an ad. Friend us. Face face us. Snap face. Whatever you use, we're on it. I'm just kidding. Hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. I'm at 11thegoat. Steve at the Knox says... If you didn't like this episode, just hit us up on Twitter at StevenJPP. Let him know he's the complaint department. <laughs> he's got a new title. He's about to find out when he hears this episode. <laughs> yeah, whether you're uh, listening on Apple, Google, the Google Play there, or Stitcher, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, TuneIn, or Blueberry, that's where you can find this podcast if you like one of those platforms better than the other. But uh, go ahead, subscribe, leave that five-star rating. See, Sean friggin' knows what he's talking about with these scores, guy. And if you're 
playing on the old Twitter bird. I just gave you the hashtag earlier in the episode. Hashtag punt, pass, and run. <laughs> Anybody who responds with a gif of Andy Reid will get bonus points. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking for somebody to give a gold star to. Um, yeah, hit us up on Twitter bird. Punt, pass, and run. <laughs> a new a, uh, new competition I just created, so anybody's interested, hit me up on Twitter. It will be punch and run. The, uh, the official first punt, pass, and run contest at the Goins Park there in Sanford, Maine. Hey, we're also uh, three weeks away from the XFL getting kicked off. Ooh, we will be talking XFL on this podcast. I can promise you that. Might as well be because we're not going to have a whole lot to talk about there for a couple months. Nope. Just not speculation. cooking. Yep. All right, that's going to do it then. Thank you once again for listening. Fly goes fly. Skull Vikings. You didn't go get it, you bums. One last time for Steven. Let's have a go pack go. We out. See you. Bye.